0: Alright, so uh, welcome to another episode of the Talk Strength Podcast. Here we are at Clean Health Fitness Institute. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Dane McDonald. And basically, uh, before we jumped on air, I was telling him telling him a story about um, how much he, I guess, made a big shift in my career. That made me blush, mate. Stop <laughs> it. <Stop> it. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it was one of the biggest, um, biggest changes in, you know, really gave, like we said before, gave me the... A lot of the confidence to to step up and, and try and i guess open clean shred and 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 really try and i guess see a way as being a personal trainer can make a real change to somebody's life and can actually have the possibility to make a change in the world in effect and i tell a story about um, going to the charles poliquin course and um, i sat at the back you know a little bit shy and things like that and. Basically, Charles Bolcom was rattling off uh, a lot of information that I didn't fully understand, and and there was this one guy at the front who just seemed a to... very, very, very good-looking guy, by the way. <laughs> well, the back of his head looked alright. <laughs> <Yeah>, definitely, <laughs> uh, he seemed to have the uh, the answers to all the questions, um, and some seemed to. Um... I was just showing off. <laughs> just showing off. Mate. Jay, the whole crew um, a lot of information. I was sitting there going, "Jeez." does this guy know absolutely everything about everything? And um, it led me to then following up and, and, and thinking, well, I've, I've got to find more information out of this guy. And I thought, what's the best way to do it? And I thought I would jump in and, and sign up for some personal training. <laughs> yeah. At the time, um, I think when I first inquired about it, the, the person that, that answered my, uh, my call said, um, Dane only works with fitness models. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, was, I was very biased back then you know? but um he um he gave me a, a chance and um and i went in and, and did some training with him and and like i said it was um I'll, I'll talk more later on about some of the things that i learned personally about that but um at this stage um because we've got Dane here, I want to throw it across to him and um, and maybe chat a little bit about the uh, the initial gym and and I guess how you came about to, to opening that first Clean Health and, yep. and yeah a little bit of information on that would be great. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, look, I got into the industry in 2002, um, and I guess between 2002 and 2006, I worked. You know, like a lot of personal trainers back then in parks. Um, you know, doing some boxing, yeah. I'd, I'd teach them like, uh, you know, some spin classes. I would, uh, I was doing like strength and conditioning with a few kind of um, friends who were like amateur athletes at the time. And then I was also doing personal training out of Vital Health Club at Penny Hills. Right, oh okay? really, yeah. Penny Hills. Yeah, right. back, you know, your own your yeah. yeah. turf mate, yeah. which is now fitness first. Yes. Um, and so kind of the first five years of my career, and I did all that whilst I was studying. So I was doing a human movement degree, um, and you know, deployment fitness and deployment and conditioning. So, I was doing study full time and kind of working full time around that. And you know, I think when did you get into the industry? It would it be about initially, yeah, sim- 07. Yeah, similar, like very similar. Yeah, time. so I mean, as you know, back then, no social media, completely mm. different playing field. I mean, you built your reputation on your ability to get. Mm, results Exactly. Yeah. You know, it wasn't based on how good your selfie was mm. with your selfie stick on Instagram True. or how many followers you have on Facebook. It was based on person comes in unhealthy and they leave in shape, you know, yep. bottom line. So first kind of the five years of my career, I wouldn't say I drifted, but there wasn't as much clarity on where I was going. Yep. Um, you know, back then I kind of, you know, having all of my, my theoretical knowledge and, you know, the fact that I was, you know, you know, 95, 98 kilos and seven, eight percent body fat, you know. Young, young male in shape, you know, big ego. I was like, what else do I need to learn? You know, mm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a freaking gun. Mm. And then, um, you know, over the years, I used to read a lot of T Nation, yep. obviously, and that's when I first got exposed to Charles Polican, um, Christian Thibodeau and, and stuff like that. And I found out in 07 that Charles was coming to Australia. And I'm like, you know what, I really, you know, I've done this guy's programs, you know, German volume training, uh, German body composition. I'm like, I really need to go out and attend his seminar. Um, but I didn't, you know, I had something come up personally and I couldn't attend his one in 07, which kind of, um, you know, gutted me and then, um, towards the back, the back end, or sorry, the beginning of 07, when I couldn't do that, I changed and moved from the upper north, I guess, shore or side of Sydney down to St. Leonard's Fitness first. That actually would have been probably, sorry, that I moved there about the back end of t- 2006. Yeah. And when I got into that gym... Um, I remember I had the, the great um, you know, Shannon Ponton in there right. as the head trainer for The Biggest Loser, yeah. Shannon Cleary you know, vis-a-vis um, Biggest Loser fame. Yeah. I had a lot of the old dogs of the fitness industry at that time from the 90s were in there as the senior coaches and um, I was very fortunate that both Shannon Girl and Shannon Boy took me under their wing and then you know, within six months I'm on Biggest Loser DVDs with Michelle Bridges, with yeah. Shannon Ponton. You know, I have Shannon saying to me, you know, Dame, in the next few years, you're gonna be the best trainer in Australia. You know, and that was a, as a young 25 year old trainer to hear that from an elder statesman in the industry at that time, I was like, okay, well, I know I'm good, but you know, that's a big, big call to make. Um, and so, you know, basically kind of, you know, within probably about six to 12 months of being at Fitness First, um, I was pretty much the most in-demand trainer in the club. I mean, I was doing 50 plus sessions a week. Uh, my three niche demographics were, one was all of the um, gay males, okay? They used to you know, to lo- love the pretty boy in me, right? <laughs> the other one was all the yummy mummies, you know? Yeah. They loved another side of me. <laughs> and then basically the other one was um, athletes and personal trainers, because yeah. obviously you know, I was in there squatting 250 kilos and all that, you know, back in 07, which mm-hmm. might be the norm on Instagram and that today, but definitely wasn't back then. True. No belt, no anything, you mm-hmm. know? And um, so my, my business and reputation grew very, very rapidly. And then in 2008, um, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time, which was Shannon Cleary and I, we um, started Cling Health. Um, you know, and we started that as a, as a company. Um, it was both of us, um, obviously, as as the, the two people in it. And, you know, we were doing probably between my 50, 60 sessions a week and, and her 20, 25 a
0: week, about 80, 80 to 90 sessions a week, depending on the week. Can you talk me, can you talk me through, like, how you decided to go to that, was this the spot in the city? Like no, no. So, so 2008, just to clarify, it was in Fitness First. right? So it was in Fitness First. So I actually started
1: the company in Fitness First right. initially. Um, in 08, we didn't actually open our first gym to 2012. Sure. So 2008 was also the, the first time I actually met Charles Colquhoun, right. right? So I remember going to, kind of like when you went to that Charles Colquhoun course and like, who's that you know, smart ass down to financial questions. <laughs> I went to, to his one and, and you know, I went in there thinking that I knew everything and then all of a sudden I'm listening to him rattle off all this information. I'm like, I don't know anything. Yes. Like I I, I might have been the top trainer in my gym mm. but on a global scale when measuring myself against that yardstick, I was literally nothing. Mm. You know, I was an amateur. And I remember I'm like, Fuck, I need to learn from this guy. So I went and asked him during lunch break of the first day. It was a it was a, a 14 straight days of courses that I'd enrolled into. No, 13. Wow. 13 straight days of courses cost me several thousand dollars. And um, I said, I, I want to book an hour of your time just to-, to pick your brain and-, and see where I can go in the industry. He's like, Cool, a thousand US. I'm like, A thousand US. He's like, Oh, he's like, You can give me a thousand Australian cash. I'm like, For one hour. And he's like, he-, he said something like, Am I speaking fucking Arabic? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool, whatever. And so, you know, um, I went uh, during the lunch break, I pulled the, the money out of the bank account and then went back to him and said, cool, like, um, can we book this in after one of the hours after courses? And, and we did that and we sat down and we had this consult. and um, I basically just went to him for advice. I said, look, I thought I knew everything, I realized I don't. Um, what would you recommend to me right now at this point in my career? And he's like, he's like you know, what, what courses have you done? I'm like, I've done a human movement degree, I've done this and that. Is like, he's like, it's all shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but what do you mean? Because like, I come from a family of, of, of uh, people that basically, um, a postgraduate master's degree was the minimum expectation. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of um, doctorates in my family, a lot of um, uh, master's degrees in, in different fields. So me as the personal trainer, the human movement degree, I was like the lowly kind of, um, right. I was the dumb one, mm. right? Yeah. And um, he's like, if you really want to, to learn, you need to go to people like myself and invest money. And he's like a good example of that is um, Nick Mitchell from Ultimate Performance. So I'm like, who's that? And he's got like go on the website. He's he's just opened up a performance centre in London's CBD. And so I went on I, that night. I went back home. Went on the internet and um, searched up this Ultimate Performance. And I found this gym. It had like Atlantis equipment. There was no Watson back then. I think it was just starting out. But it was like a performance centre, mm. you know, uh, early stage performance centre. And I'm like. That's what I want to do, you know. So I started in, the year in 02 and then in 08, I'm like, that's what I want. Because I started clean health just as, you know, to me, clean health at the time, embodied the three primary concepts that I looked at when training clients was one, addressing their lifestyle first, Two, once we've done that we can address their nutrition and then only once we address their lifestyle and nutrition could we actually get into the training sure. and if you looked at those three key factors you could therefore get results of someone and not just a quick fix but long-term life-changing results and, yeah. and that was kind of our our motto and philosophy going into it so I, I saw that with Charles and I'm like fuck this is what I need to do so I went back the next day I'm like I'm going to open one of these within three years and he's like, he's like, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, you know, he's like, I've heard a few people say that before. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And he's like, great, cool. And then, um, you know, finish the course. And then from there, I'm like, I need to learn more about functional nutrition and all that. So I went and enrolled in advanced deployment nutritional medicine. And um, I did that full time while still working full time and, and finished that over the next 18 months. Um, and then it was funny about two months after that course, um, I got an email from Charles's secretary saying, um, Dane, Charles would like to invite you over to a private internship in Rhode Island. And I'm like, okay. And right. she's like, it's, it would normally be, you know, $8,000 US, but he's going to give it to you for free. Right. And I'm like, huh? Like, why? And he's like, he was impressed, um, with your mannerism and your attitude. Um, and it's, you know, six months from now, um, you don't need to pay for it, you just need to pay your expenses over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. I mean, to learn from a master, of course. Yeah. So, you know, um, this was I think by this time it was 09 when the course was on, and I, I flew over there to Rhode Island and it was a course with basically myself, Nick Mitchell, Wolfgang Unsold, Francine Savard, uh Joan Colosimos and Adam Nelson, the shop putter. Yeah. Wow. Right? So literally in that group, everybody there. Either owned gyms or was the best trainer in the country. It was literally just Wolfgang and I, who were kind of young in our career, starting out, who were like the rookies. Um, and obviously, you know that that was a that was my life changing experience in the fitness mm-hmm. industry. That that course because it was literally a week with us uh, with us and Charles yep. um, doing 14, 15 hour days sometimes, training two three hours a day, eating together, uh, you know, staying in the same place together, really getting to know each other. And, and these are all people that I've forged lifelong career friendships with and and with colleagues around the world um, you know many of them have helped me um, with our education business now in, in different countries around the world help push that out there so one thing I always say to trainers is invest in courses because you never know when you're going to meet someone that is going to you know, Nick Mitchell, for example, meeting him then. I mean, it was six years later that he came and and wanted to negotiate the sale of our city gym. And right. next thing, yeah. next thing that I knew, um, you know, we we sold sold that business. That's so, right, um, and that was all based off knowing him mm-hmm. from courses. So, you know, sometimes people look at a cost for a course mm-hmm. and just think that it's the knowledge they're getting. But the 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 one big factor that a lot of coaches don't look at is the networking exactly you know like I can go to any city literally in the world and I know people because I've done that many courses that I know everybody that I need to know in the fitness industry um, so really it was then and then you know fast forward to you know um,
0: so I, I might jump in yeah jump this, in I like to talk so <laughs> be careful I could like go on for hours mate <clears throat> this is probably a good stage for me to tell um, the other story that I have yeah. um, about when I was training with you yeah so it's a similar sort of story. I think you, you said it'll be three hundred and fifty dollars a session or yeah. something along those lines. <clears throat> that was the cash rate, too, mate. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a discount at the time. That was a discount. And and the same thing. Like I was like, what do you mean? Like how how long are we going to train for? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, we, without a doubt, you know, I I said fine. I like I need to I need to know what you know. And I think this is the way that the best way for me to learn is. Generally, I'm a, a person that's likes to do things and that's how I like to learn Um, and just sitting in classes isn't always the best way for me, it's it's actually putting it into action. Mm. And I remember a a clear moment when in one of our sessions you were running an internship for about 10 or 15 students and and they came down for their their break, they'd been doing a, a session upstairs with somebody else and they came down, it was the last 15, 20 minutes of our session, you were training me. and. You decided you're going to make a real example of how to really train someone as hard as possible and you set up this, this leg death session which uh, which had about four or five leg exercises back to back without a break and you kept on just just you know the, the tempo you didn't let me take one little little break from my tempo you let me like stop at the top stop at the bottom like anywhere i could possibly find a break you, you wouldn't let me go through it and your your style of 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 personal training itself, take away all the things that you do outside with Mm. with, you know wellness and and nutrition and things like that. The actual session itself was on a whole nother level to anyone else that I'd seen training anybody where it was so precise that you would get absolutely everything out of that 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 one movement, that one rep, every single rep really counted. And during that uh, that final part there, like I was crawling between exercises. You you were going through (laughs) the
1: exact same thing I went through in two thousand nine with Charles Polkman. Exactly. Right? Wow. So, you know, that, that same... And that's, you know, one thing I always say is, you know, uh, Polipan for me um, was my biggest mentor, or has been my biggest mentor in the fitness industry as a as a trainer and a coach. Um, he's definitely helped in business and that, but as a trainer and a coach, yeah. um, you know, that attention to detail, that tan on To me, that's, in many respects, a loss art mm. in today's personal trainers, and I'm sure you know from having trainers, is that, you know, when you're in a session, and this is for any of you guys out there listening you literally should be obsessed with your client. Like literally, you should almost want to grind them. You are so up in their face, hands on, it is literally
0: tunnel vision, dopamine, yep. you know, yep. exactly what you're uh, describing exactly. right now. And I must say, it's almost never that I see anybody else mm. around the, doing the style of the training that you, that you were doing then, and, and yeah, like you said, really like owning every single rep, you know, like, and so into every rep and so into like, and, and the motivation that you could create for that, for that client was just like, I still think second to none. So, congratulate you on that. But back onto what you said before also is, uh, I mentioned that about four or five people that were in that internship mm. have now become, you know, good peers of mine that I've actually come back and have worked with and, and, and you know, done gyms with and, mm. and, and uh, done presentations with and things like that. So, it, it's wow. kind of funny how- It was, for, yeah,
1: when you told me that before, I was like, that's awesome. Amazing.
0: I think it's one
1: of those things probably, um, you know, bonding through, uh, you know, war. Through pain, speak. yeah. <laughs> through pain. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yes. obviously, seeing you being taken to that next level and, yes. and, and, and going through it and still managing to survive. Yeah. It's like, again, you know, even just with the way trainers approach their own training and that, like, you know, if you're a trainer and you're out there training people day in and day out, you need to have been able to take yourself, in my opinion... To the next level yourself at exactly. some point in exactly. your career, you yeah. know what I mean. And I think um, that's a testament to you because not many trainers know how to even yeah. take themselves to, to to that state. Exactly. You know.
0: And uh, when I was going for the West Tigers uh, SNC job, it mm. actually was the it was between me and another guy, and um, the person that was uh, giving away the job was um, Keegan Smith, and, yeah. and, and he, he was one of the students there. And he felt yeah. back, and he said, "Well, we need our players to be tough." and mm. I know that I've seen you go through one of the hardest training sessions I've ever seen. Yeah. And it was actually a big part of me getting getting the role as a strength finishing my fucking professor? commission? <laughs> 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 that's not the best paid job, street yeah. commissioning, no, uh, no, 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 no. It will no, come your okay. way one, one day, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. Um, same way. It'll, yeah. it'll come back to you as well. But, yeah. um, so moving along, and, and Clean Health then grew to... Um, how many trainers were you up to? Yeah, so I mean, we...
1: we I think 2011. I brought our first trainer on board. Um, up until that point, it was just, you know, obviously myself, and then 011 brought my first trainer on board. By the end of 2011, I had uh, 14 trainers, kind of working through three different gyms. Right. We weren't in our own center yet. And uh, at the time, I mean, we were working out of Fitness First Bond Street, Fitness First North Sydney, and Anytime Fitness St. Leonard's. Um, and during that time, I'd already started getting, because we'd started to build a big reputation up, a lot of requests for internships and education so around 2010 was when I ran my first course um, you know where kind of you know all of that that science all of that knowledge I kind of put into a system which actually originally became our internal development man- manual for all of our personal trainers so their development schedule when they come into us so I taught that to the outside world and I remember sitting there at the end of 2011 and I was like you know I was was up. I was actually up at the Central Coast at a cafe like literally 15, 20 minutes away, or 15, 10 minutes away actually from where I now live. And I had a, um, I was like, you know what? I like, I really just need to go do my own thing. Now it'd been two two years and eight months since I'd had that chat with Charles. I had, you know, about three quarters of a million dollars cash sitting in the bank. I'm like, you know, what, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to uh, buy a family home? Yep. Or am I going to set up, the best gym in Australia. Mm. Um, and I had all the quotes there from all of the uh, Watson, Atlantis, Aleco, and I mean obviously we know what I chose because yeah. I went to the St. George bank there and I basically wire transferred out half a million dollars. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was gonna say there wouldn't have been much change. No there wasn't, clue. The- uh, <laughs> yeah, and you remember, I mean we
1: had the most Aleco equipment yeah. in the country and, and definitely back then, um, you know, uh, wouldn't as get as favorable discounts as I get these days yeah. from the suppliers. Sure. But uh, look we, we set it up and um, you know I, I looked at 38 different sites um, before I'd even um, you know like I had all the equipment sitting in storage by that time Right. Yeah. because you know, this we purchased purchased the equipment about November of 2012 yeah. uh, 2011 and then we didn't open until September 17 2012 right. um, so by that time early 2012 through the commercial gyms we were doing about 240 PT sessions a week um, and we were already grossing right. seven figures. Yeah. Um, and obviously on very high margins back then because there were no overheads, I was just paying rent per trainer. Mm. So it was actually, you know, we were talking before, the average gym owner might get 30, you know. Look, most gym owners, to be honest with you, they start on probably between a 15 to 25% margin because they don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah. with their systems and operations. If they refine things, learn and evolve, you can probably maximally get it up to 35%. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, in more of a one-on-one model. Um, obviously back then through the gyms, it was more like 55% because wow. my overheads were much less, yeah. right? Um, and so basically I had a, a team of about 14 at that time we w- I finally found a site in March of 2012 and then it took me five months to negotiate um, Get all the fit out done and we opened Monday September 17th 2012, you know, vividly remember it yep. um, I culled back the team from 14 to 7 Right. Got rid of some of the dead wood and we opened with hundred and fifty personal training sessions the right. first week um, within four months we we're at 485 right. so we grew um, you know one of the biggest things in those early years is I had a, I had a, a, a business or a system built for a non fixed site and mm. Then I transferred it into a fixed site and we scaled so rapidly that I didn't have the systems mm to maintain, you know, we, we opened up the funnel and mm. basically just the, mm. the clients came crashing in mm. and you know all of a sudden like like you you do the numbers on that, you're going from 150 to literally nearly three times the amount, from a team of seven to a team of, of twenty one trainers in four months, mm. it was a a a big learning curve. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, evolving and finding things on, on on our feet at the time as we
0: as we went along with things. So now that you've been through that process um is there some advice that you can give or, on how like you said you would put in better systems have you thought now if you could go back to the start of opening clean health any things that you would change from day one that would help you well i mean look it's i mean this site that we're sitting in now
1: is, is the third site that i opened right so obviously the difference between site one and site three are, are massively different um you know so we're actually potentially looking at a, at a a, another new campus site actually right. down south in, in Melbourne at the moment Okay. Yep. Um, and you know won't release too much information on that but I mean obviously we have a, a, our second largest student base in the world is Melbourne Melbourne. And we right. have a lot of traffic for students in Melbourne at right. the moment yep. um, so it's something that we're looking into just establishing a campus down there yep. but I mean look, key things that I will look at is you know you've got to make sure that a few things one the CMS platform that you use or I guess the Mm. you know, content management or business management system that you use, yep. um, allows you to A, consolidate all client information into one portal, so that you're not having to draw it from multiple different aspects, um, two, that it gives you at least like in a one-on-one model, or even with a membership model, gives you the ability to pull accurate kind of uh, client remaining reports, so i.e. sessions remaining, mm. membership stuff remaining, mm. at a click of a button. I, you yeah. know, I work with... Have, have yeah. you found that now? Yeah. Yeah, I've optimised Mind Body to do that now. Mind Body, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So back then, I mean, we were like one of the first businesses to use Mind Body. Yes. Um, and, and you know, we, we, we actually now train up other gyms
0: around yes. the world on how to use it. <laughs> yeah. Because but we, yeah. we had to kinda of tame the beast ourselves. Yeah. Um, We've been on Mind Body for eight months now and it's been the world's biggest headache, but I, I can also see that at the end like at the end when you get there. The reporting, yeah. the reporting in, in the back of oh, that is
1: My mind my body, I mean, like any of these software platforms, you've got to look at it, it's like a tool. It's like a barbell. A barbell mm. is a tool. Mm. What you do with the barbell is mm. going to determine what happens to the physique. Exactly. The same thing with the, the, the platform. What you do with it is going to determine what happens to the business. So having that as the foundation is very important. Um, you know, retention reports, all that type of stuff. The other thing that I generally look at with, is with some sort of CRM platform, so client relationship management software. Sure. So something to... I guess automate the point of sales process. Yep. Um, it's you know we now we have a team of like two administrative staff uh, managing a business the same size mm. as we did back then, or actually bigger now. Yep. When we had four people managing it, right? And we've only, we've only been able to cut back you know a hundred grand a year of payroll costs mm. because we've got our CMS and CRM talking to one another. Sure. The other probably key thing is basically your your staff internal career progression systems, KPIs, job descriptions, performance metrics for your actual team. Yes. Um, too many trainers come in and it's all kind of, you know, handshake, blah, 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 verbal talk, do this, get this, no. You need to be able to, as a business, show long-term career progression for people coming in from day one. So one of the big things that I do when working with other business owners is sit down and say, like, if, if I came to you today and said, hey, I want to work for you, mm. can you please show me my career pathway? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, 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 what does that look like? Is there a job description? Yes. Is there some sort of performance metrics that I need to work towards mm. to go from point A to point B? Um, these are all things that kind of we didn't have clear initially. Yeah. Um, and then also, too, probably one thing is, most trainers don't have a clue what their fucking break even is, mm. or gym owners, I should say. Mm. Uh, back then, I didn't know. Yeah, I had a vague figure. Mm. Um, and then when I ran into a lot of trouble in in twenty fifteen, I knew because you know our break even was fifty six thousand five hundred and thirty two dollars a week. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like break even. That was yes. that was over two hundred thousand dollars a month just mm. to run a profit because the business had grown. Uh, like so ginormous without a lot of these back end processes to solidify and hold it up. Yes. So it was a massive kind of um, learning curve for me. But out of the fire, you either rise or you die. Yes. Um, I mean, you're sitting here, so obviously we know. We you survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I agree. The um, the numbers is something that not too many, I guess, personal trainers or coaches that have opened gym, mm. they they have a bit of an idea, but uh, the actual specifics of knowing how accurate you need to be with your numbers and how tweaking just a couple of things can change so much on the bottom line is something that's become more evident to me mm. recently. And, and bringing someone in who knows numbers doesn't always work. It needs to be someone who knows numbers and knows- I'll make a comment okay, on that my advisor
1: at that time, I had full faith in, he was mm. an accountant slash financial advisor mm. who, you know, upon reflection, I had more of mm. a business than he did back then, which was a big no-no. Mm. The person that you should hire for that should be ahead of you. Yes. Okay? Yes. So, I mean, my accountant now lives in a $15 million home. Yes. Right? So, he's ahead of me. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, it's like it's like anything. If you're going to hire a trainer, they need to have track record of results. Same with a business coach, a consultant. Yes. Um, and I definitely think my guy that I had back then that I ended up, you know, obviously firing, um, based a lot of the business stuff on potential projections rather than real data. Exactly. Um, and and. Didn't really understand cash flow because cash flow is mm. another one that a lot of businesses that I go in audit. I'm like, cool. What are you expecting? What's your expected cash flow this week? And they're like, oh, oh. like if you can't fucking tell me, mm. I can tell you right now what, what our exact like. I can log in and just one mm. click tell you exactly what we're expecting to bank this week. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You you need to know that mm. as you grow. Yeah. Like people think, okay, you open your gym and you you become a six figure studio. To go from a six-figure studio to a seven-figure studio, is, it's like it's like the difference between white belt and black belt. Yeah. And then to go from, you know, uh, one million to two million is uh, first down to third Dan. To go from two to three is third Dan
0: to fucking, like, sixth Dan. Yes. To yeah. go from
1: three up, it's like mastery. Yes. You Such know, it's a good like point. That. Hungover, you I know.
0: love that, that you, you've got to find your Charles Polican of, of the the training, you got to find your Charles Polican of business, and your Charles Polican you, of accounting. I, I guess
1: it, it depends on... It depends on, on what you want to achieve. Like, again, you and I have chosen a path where we wanted to go from being more than just, I guess, uh, training people in a commercial gym. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want anyone here to think that that's a bad career alternative. Like, it's, it's actually not. Like, mm-hmm. if I look back at one thing I can say about being your own person and doing your own thing is that it's the peak of your craft. Mm-hmm. Because when you start bringing people in underneath you, there's always going to be a dilution of the mm-hmm. brand. Mm-hmm. So if I go back to like my peak of craft, that was 2000, it was a few years before you came and saw me. Yeah. So that 2010, 2011, and you know, like that was, I was doing 50 sessions a week at 200 bucks a session in Fitness First, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, So I was pulling you know, 10 grand yeah. a week from, from yeah, Fitness wow. First more than any other trainer in the country, mm-hmm. um, but it was the peak of my craft. Mm. I knew exactly what I was mm. doing. I had all the methodologies. I was mm. into it. Um, I only really had to go more down the business path because it was like I saw at that point a life cycle for me being able to do that. Because mm. you know, most people, especially from other industries, maybe don't understand, and maybe for a lot of trainers starting out, like it's a it's a hard slap. Like it's a hard job. Mm. Like. You get up at the crack of ass, mm. you know, you get up at your 4, 4:30 a.m. to do your six o'clock client or your 5.30am client, you punch out your morning sessions, you work out, you have your little post-workout thing, you do more clients throughout the day, you might have some time mid-afternoon mm. to, to do some administration work and get on top of things, then you've got your evening clients, you get home seven, eight, nine o'clock, you know, try and unwind and then five, six hours sleep, you do it again. Yeah, again. And then you use the weekend to kind of recover your sleep debt, which I'm yeah. sure you've heard Baldwin talk about before. Mm. And then you go again, that was my life for seven, eight years. And it was like, you know, in many respects, like that cost me my first marriage. Like like, I didn't have any life. I mean, it was literally just work, 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 work. So I think one thing for all the listeners out there is, you know, I remember my uncle, who's one of my biggest mentors, said to me in 2009 in Lake Tahoe in the States, he said to me, what is your number? I'm like, what do you mean, what's my number? He's like, what is the amount of money that you need to be satisfied in life. What do you want to achieve? Where do you want to live? He's like, think about it. Where do you want to live? What kind of car do you want to drive? Uh, how many weeks do you want to have a holiday? Where do you want your kids to go to school? Go away. Calculate that, and then come back to me. And uh, I, you know, I went away and calculated. Came back to the next day, and you know, it was. I think back then it was like you know my, my, my number was like uh, five million. You know, this is like 12, 13 years ago, and he's like, um, he's like, cool. Okay, now you need to think about how can you reverse engineer that and before that term became in vogue to have a career that's gonna allow you to get there. Um, obviously, my number's changed a lot since then. I mean, no kids then, five kids now. Um, you know, a lot more responsibilities and life changes, but I think that's one thing is, you know, your, your number might just be, you, you, you want to, to own your apartment outright, that's gonna cost you 500 grand, you wanna drive an $80,000 car, you wanna send your kids to a decent school, and you want to you know go away on holidays four weeks a year, You know, so that might mean your number over a 10 year period is 1.5 million. Mm. So you probably need to earn 200 grand or 220 grand a year once you get rid of tax to facilitate that, you know, or whatever that might be. So I think one thing is for anyone in business, even if you're a sole trader, a a gym startup, or even where you're at now, like I I did it with myself recently, it's an exercise that I do once a year, is I reevaluate, am I in line with where I wanna be? And where do I want to go? Does that still sit with me? Yeah. My problem is, as my as my missus tells me, is my goalposts for what I want <laughs> I keep changing, <laughs> keep getting bigger, yeah. and bigger. That's why I need her to like fucking hey, hey, settle down, boy. Yeah. Reel you back, back. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's awesome. Some amazing advice there. I think on 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 business side of things. Before we get go more along the business side of things, I'd like to dive a little bit into that that personal training and, yeah, and the success there mm-hmm. um, for yourself, and then for your coaches. Is there a few things you can see that with were with the main success, I guess, for yourself and the, the coaches? Like, it, I don't know, it, it's a bit of a broad it, question. You know, but it, it kind of ties back in. So, I think, like,
1: in the social media era, unfortunately, you, you need some sort of profile today. I mean, like, so even if it's just rudimentary, an Instagram account or Facebook account, unfortunately, um, unless you're in a really densely populated corporate environment in, like, a CBD type in... Um, area where basically you're just dealing with corporate professionals and that's your niche, it, it, it's it's very hard from a branding perspective because, I mean, look, you, you can see how saturated is in the industry today? Yeah, it's it, un- unbelievable. It, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, but one thing that, that I look at is most trainers don't actually know what type of clients they're trying to work with. You know it, it's they go into a gym and, and they take on every sort of type of, of, mm. of client there is, mm. is if, if you look at the most successful personal trainers in the industry today, so let's talk here in Australia, let's throw out some names like uh, you know, Mark Carroll. You heard him? Yep. Yeah, right. So um, I've actually just brought him on as our global head of education oh, so right. I thought right. I'd uh, <laughs> give him. him a, right. Give him a plan, right. Yeah, Mark Carroll. Yeah, but um, if you look at Mark, so he was my former head coach for clean health um, back in 2014-2015 and back then, you know, his specialty was general pop. And obviously, um, when we sold the, the city gym to Ultimate Performance, um, he stayed there in that role as head coach. Okay. And if anybody followed his career trajectory last year, I mean, what type of stuff did you see on his social media last year?
0: Um, unless you're already seeing now, I
1: haven't seen too much. But it. like last year, if you if you followed him, you no, know, you it was literally just um, fat corporate guy, lean corporate guy. Right. It was it was general Found pop that corporate transformations yeah. right. and. Um, Part of the reason for for me um, bringing him on into education is because that niche, if you think about it, like, all right, as a personal trainer, not, you know, are you working as a strength coach? Are you working with athletes? No, Mm. that might be the dream, but let's talk reality. Mm. You're working with small business owners, managers, yummy mummies, um, maybe some young young girls or blokes that either want to get lean or jacked. Mm. So the money is in general population. Mm. Yep. It's, it's not in athletes, yep. it's, it, it's, it's literally in general pop um, management type people mm. and general pop kind of uh, housewives, yummy mummies, that, that crowd. Yeah. So uh, my guys here, you know, with, with our gym business or even as I'm giving example with Mark, like he really built his reputation in 2015, uh, 2016, and 2017 from literally becoming the go-to general pop transformation specialist, Right. you know, and it's funny because he started that trajectory three years ago now he gets trainers from around the world right. wanting to, to engage his services for mentoring yeah. to learn that. So, you know, uh, I think for most trainers is, is focus on where the like if you want to be successful in your career and build a rep, you need to focus on where the money is because those clients are gonna do 12, 24, um, 36, 48 week programs with you. Mm-hmm. The the 19 year old hot chick that you know you want to, you know, send a WhatsApp message to. Um, <laughs> She's, you know, you're, you're probably giving her a discount. Yeah. Firstly, like, so they're not they're not financially viable options. Exactly. They they might, you know, like follow everything to the letter yeah. and and get up on stage and do a bikini show, yeah. but like, there's no money in that. Yeah. And unless you're working these days with with pro athletes, which we do, like yeah. the Lauren Simpsons of the world, yeah. we've got a few others that we work with from around the world. Sure. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're big fish mm. in, in a very saturated ocean. Mm. Um, most trainers, they just focus on too much fancy shit. Yep. Master the fundamentals. I mean, this is stuff that we teach in our performance PT and performance nutrition coach certifications. Is literally like, you know, you've done some of our education stuff and you've seen how in depth we can go. But one thing that I've learned over the years, especially, you know, considering like, gosh, when you saw me in 2013, we had educated Couple hundred trainers. We've educated over five thousand now, amazing around around the world. So yeah. I've got a lot of experience now, mm. seeing what works. And this, back then, the stuff that you were coming in, like you know, we were blowing your mind with mm. you know mm. this site this training methodology. But unfortunately, the standards in the fitness industry have dropped so much right. that like if if a cert three, cert four student or a, or a trainer mm. that's worked in the industry for two or three years came and did those courses now. Like, you might as well be speaking fucking alien to them. Really? They they have no understanding, and it's not a reflection of them. It's a reflection of the big box RTOs, and to be frank, they're shit courses,
0: yes. which we're changing. Yep. So would you say now, once again, like when you were, what, the advice you're giving to a personal trainer is to, like, it might be the, the, the general ma- transformation. Ma- mastery of fundamentals. Like, this is now the same that you've gone further into business, is that you're actually going and mastering the fundamentals Yes, of oh 100%. It's funny, the more I like, so
1: I found, I mean, pretty, pretty much after I saw you, I, I probably was training clients for another, to about 2015, and then really I kind of stopped from then because it was more um, going down into presenting and educating, so I didn't have the time to do that anymore. Sure. But the further along in my personal training career I've, I've gotten, the less I've actually applied. Mm. I might know more, but I apply less because, you know, at the end of the day, you can give the fanciest program the fanciest diet, but if the client, client doesn't comply with it, yeah. what does it matter? Exactly. I'd rather a client comply with 95% of a fundamental, um, you know, uh, nutritional system or, or training program than 50% of some advanced fat loss methodologies and some carb cycling, yes. you know, uh, meal timing, nutrition plan. That they're not going to follow yeah. because they'll get better results from option, option one mm-hmm. than option two. And I think too many trainers these days try and bamboozle their clients with mm-hmm. what they know. Like literally, they don't. Clients know what they, they care about. They don't give a fuck about what you know. Pardon yeah. my French. You can blur that out. <laughs> they don't care about what you know. They care about how you can take them from their current state to their desired state. Exactly. Current state is pain, fat, unhappy. Um, you know, blah blah blah. Desired state is lean can play with the kids happy can get it up in the morning yes
0: you know that that's Agreed. where they want to
1: go they, they don't know they don't really care about you know if the humerus internally rotates xyz or exactly. you know how the vmo switches on and they don't exactly. care yeah they just they just want a system that can take them from point
0: a yes <laughs> to point b and yes obviously you can see my you know, <laughs> communication yeah. is the key and i've told a story a few times on this podcast where uh, the few times where I've lost a client and they, they haven't followed, or they've pretty much not come back after I've spoken to them, was when I've tried to give them all the answers. So from the start. One thing I learned
1: from Charles Poliquin is, is two things at a time, okay, and it's, it's very big. And one thing is, you know, the way that we've always delivered our personal training program since 2008, I mean, it's 2018 now, right? Yeah. So is, is session one is basically an initial lifestyle and nutrition order. So we do all of the, the body composition assessments, get the body fat, the lean body mass, um, we will go through a lifestyle and nutrition audit, look at you know, uh, where their, their BMR is, what their total daily energy expenditure is, where they should be, where they're currently at, and what kind of um, range is in between, so that we can start working on it from a nutrition standpoint. Uh, we might refer them out to look at their, their biochem or their blood work, depending if we, we feel that's warranted. Um, you know, from that, we go away and design a detailed nutrition and, train, uh, nutrition and lifestyle plan. Session two is a, is a structural assessment, so looking at length, tension, um, you know, if they're a motor moron, basically assessing their level of train, trainee um, competency, whether they're a beginner, mm. intermediate, or advanced. Mm. From that, we create the training plan, and then what we do before we even get into the training, so that might be on day one, they do two hours. So let's say on Monday they do that, and then we book their first session in on Thursday. All right? Thursday they come in for their, their 45 minute, 60 minute session, but what we do before that is we actually book out another 90 minutes and the first 30 minutes is literally going through everything that we've just created and making sure that they understand it. Mm. Showing them the training programs. Do you understand the tempo? Do you understand how to use our nutritional software? Mm. Um, do you understand all this? Um, and then also also going through, I guess, what I call rules of engagement or client expectations in that, yep. you know, um, for example, John, every 14 days, I'm going to be pinching you. Mm. I'm going to be redoing your body fat assessments, and I'm going to be taking photos of you. Now, again, I'm not going to plaster these photos anywhere, but we're going to use this as a reference tool mm. to ensure that you're getting compliance. Mm. And, that, and that's a big thing. Like a lot of trainers don't document what they're doing. Document the shit out of it, because then at least it gives you data. Like mm. we have literally, you know, in the city, we were doing over twenty thousand personal training sessions a year mm. for nearly four years. Mm. Right. So think about that that's over a course, we actually have a course of half decade, we did a hundred plus thousand PT sessions. So we have a lot of data on what makes a successful transformation and what doesn't. And the ones that do are the coaches that coach not the trainers the train. Mm. You, know, yep. you gave an example of when I was coaching you. Yes. Yeah, I was training you. I was up in your face. I yes. was saying stop being a pussy and do mm. this shit and mm. and and being being that type of person, but I was also coaching tempo, technique, range, holding you in place, exactly. hands on. Yeah. And it's the same thing with their yeah. lifestyle and diet. Yeah. Like it's it's really That's the art form that I feel is missing in today's industry. It's actually a module that we teach in our courses called The Art of Coaching.
0: Yeah, perfect. I think that data is absolutely key moving forward to if personal trainers are going to actually change the world. Yeah. If we've got data and we can say, this is the amount of times where we've done this, this, and this, and and it's proven to be successful 90% of the time when people have had this you know, results and followed this process, then... Yeah, you show that to the government, and, and yeah. surely that's where funding would think about being shifted.
1: Yeah, it's maybe. it's you know, and I think the the
0: industry has come so
1: far from when you
0: started or when
1: I started. In that, you know, think about it back then, um, from an education standpoint as a, as a trainer, what options did you have? You had Charles Polypin and Paul Czech, mm. literally, and and those two couldn't have been. That much more opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these days, I mean, you know, in Australia, you've got us, you've got Enterprise Fitness, you've got uh, Body Seek in Melbourne, you've got um, uh, Muscle Nerds with yep. Lehman, mm. you've got Eugene Teo, You've got a bunch of people mm. that are out there doing stuff today that you can go and learn from mm. um, that we didn't have. Like it's it's funny, the quality of a personal trainer I can tell you has diminished. Mm. The the average quality because we see it like the average lifespan of a of a personal trainer these days is under twelve months. Wow. Uh, even in 2015, I remember looking at the research when we were teaching class in Melbourne, and it was about a fif- about 15 to 18 months. I remember it's, that, It's yeah. nearly diminished mm-hmm. in half, um, and one of the reasons is because so much of the industry, as I was telling you before, has gone online, right? And, yeah. and, and, and as, as with any industry, if you look at, at, at university now, you can go and do your degree online. You couldn't do that. 10 years ago you definitely couldn't do that 15 years ago yeah. um, so so much of the industry has kind of you know you can, you can become a personal trainer today in, in 4 or 6 weeks mm. you know our average student we say it's a minimum 6 month process you know um, and so it's a blended delivery of online and then obviously face to face over 10 days which I told you about where it's literally I'm a big uh, believer in um, intensive learning experience so i.e. Okay, doing it a day here and a day here—that's great. But if I want to learn, like, chuck me in a room with twenty like-minded individuals for 10, 10 days, two weeks, like, and you—you'll you'll learn. Yeah, you'll learn. You'll be immersed in that experience. You know, the practical side of things, the training, um, the business, the everything. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how I believe.
0: Learn yeah. Well, let's get back to hearing about exactly how you run that because you run something like that in a 10-day immersion sort of course at yep. the moment. But before we go into that, mm-hmm. um, let's keep on the timeline and maybe talk mm-hmm. about the, how the city gym came to an end and, and mm-hmm. then you moved on to, was that straight to here? Was there something in between? No, no we, we, we had it all at the same time. Right. So I guess, you know, 2014,
1: like we came into 2014, I mean, we had our first hundred thousand dollar week. Yep. Um, you know, I remember it was a hundred and eighteen thousand dollar week in the first few months of, of uh, the year, and you know we were doing uh, about four hundred and fifty PT sessions. I had a team of thirty-five plus staff in there. We'd expanded out into education. Yep. Um, but at the time, I'd also be going through a divorce. Right. Um. And you know, having issues with access to my daughter, and yep. I wasn't in their best headspace. But I'd seen an opportunity with the, if you remember, the Pollock and a
0: clock off. Yes, yeah, yeah, minutes. yeah, the, the tour,
1: yeah. Yeah, so beginning of 2014, um, you know, uh, I created that, and, and kind of Charles and I, um, you know, uh, agreed to do that. And basically between 2014 and 2015, I mean, we taught that in 15 cities around the world. Yeah, right. and, and in 2014, we did our first uh, education course outside of Sydney. I actually got hired by 5EW down in Melbourne with Dave and Matt and all the guys yep. and basically um, you yep. know I charged them a day Mcdonald rate, yep. and, uh, <laughs> and went down there for the week and pretty much this was within the first few months of them opening up yep. and, and helped them establish their culture and systems Perfect. Um, and, and that that made me realize it was like there was a big market for that in education and you know, me being kind of always the guy that's moving forward. I mean, my personal training business was killing it. You know, um, I had in there a team of people that, um, you know, were very loyal to the business, were, you know, very hardworking. Um, and so I'm like, you know what, guys? Here, I'm going to give you guys uh, you know, a bit more responsibility, um, yeah, give you a bit more pay, mm. and then I'm going to step away, you're going to manage this, and I'm going to go off and grow our education business because I want to establish an RTO. Mm. Um, and so I did that, and I think between June of 2014 and June of 2015, I was actually probably only in Sydney about four months. Right. Um, eight, at least seven to eight months of my time was literally interstate, international. I mean, I had an international tour at one point with Charles and Dimitri for two months, right. um, teaching in you know nine different cities around the world. And um, obviously going from being hands on business owner, managing it face to face in the gym every day to in essence, managing it remotely. Um, and then I guess having a team in there that although we're loyal and hardworking, probably didn't have the experience to run a business that was turning over yeah. three to four million a year, yep. right? Um, you know, they were very young and ex- inexperienced in that role and, and I wasn't really giving it the oversight that it needed and, mm. you know, I emotionally wasn't there, I spiritually wasn't there, I took my finger off the pulse and I remember coming back mid-2015, um, you know, wondering, you know, and I was, over that course I was, you know, getting, you um, you know, messages from my team, oh, we need to top this account and do this account up and then the accountant was saying, yeah, we need to put money in here and I came back and I'm like, up, my savings account, which, you know, had a substantial amount of money in it was literally reduced by 80%. Yeah, wow. And I was like, it just feels like the business is bleeding money and I'd looked at the the numbers of the business. The business hadn't grown. In fact, it it had actually diminished since I, as the business owner had stepped away and this is one thing I spoke about before is, when I talk about taking the finger off the pulse is I talk about systems so much. So anyone that's hired me with their business, like it's literally, it's a systems fucking revolution yes. yeah. because I didn't have all of the tracking systems in place and the accountability procedures in place for my staff. It was kind of, I I'd left them to guess rather than giving them clarity. Mm. So, you know, at the end day, yeah, I might've given them the, um, the authority to do that, but reality is as a business owner, it was my fault. Exactly, yeah. You know, it was my it was my fault. Yeah. I I had assumed and, and just kind mm. of wiped my hands of it and said, you do it, I'll pay you more, just fucking do it. Mm. Um when I should have given them the parameters of the goalposts to work with, which I didn't. Yeah. And anyway, I came back and, and and found that we were, you know, in 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 pretty much in debt um, right. to the tune of over a half a million dollars. Amazing. Um, you know, and basically the, the business was was dropping off, the sessions had gone down. Um, the retention wasn't as high because the the business had turned from a retention based, long life cycle business to basically we've got a two hundred and ten grand a month uh, break even, right. and we need to hit our budgets. Yeah, right. So it became very sales focused mm. instead of retention focused. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and basically came back and I remember you know I, I pulled my management team in and. And sat down and I was like, okay, well, like these are kind of the three options, That's guys. Where we're at. Option option one is basically you take a 30% pay cut, and you know, when you've got people on big six figure incomes mm. and whatnot, they don't want to take mm. that. And then the second option was um, obviously uh, they resign, or well, the third option is I have hired them. Mm. And you know, I literally had a team of 35 that by the end of 2015, I had a team of 22. Five of those 22 were new people. Wow. So 50% of my original um, team members uh, had gone. Um, and I guess the mistake that I made back then was, you know, one thing I've, cause I, I came back from overseas and kind of audited every aspect of my mm-hmm. business. And I found out that our margins per session were too, too high. We weren't earning enough. Mm. People were get, trainers were getting paid too much. I found out that our price point per, per unit had dropped from an average of 135 per session to an average of 110 mm. and the expenses had gone up. So our mm. payroll costs had gone from under seven figures to 2.2 million in a 12 month period. Um, and so I really kind of refined everything mm. and kind of refined the system um, and then basically came back in and said, we're doing this like in two weeks. Yeah. You know, which and, and you knowing me and my personality it would have been like bang 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 <laughs> bang, bang, bang you know, like, this, side is the, like you know, this is the option yes. or or there is no option yeah. and you know, um would you say that that was one of the biggest learning curves? It, no, that? no, it was the biggest yeah. learning curve in my in my career because yeah. basically obviously that massively impacted staff morale. Um I had a lot of people that had been with me for over half a decade who had know um, kind of felt vested uh, interest in the business because they had been there since we were in mm. commercial gyms to the heights of where we're at and um, you know understandably a lot of them were were, were turned off and like just left yeah. and it was a big learning experience for me um, you know uh, and I was I was fortunate at the time you know my 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 partner now my missus um, I, I needed a hand I'm like look I need to bring you into the business to, to in essence take over ops management yeah. Um, and you know, we'd always at that time decided to to kind of not work together yeah. up to that point, but yeah. she obviously came in um, as somebody that I could trust, and then slowly but surely, um, you know, we 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 turned the business around from being kind of three nearly three quarters million dollars in the hole in 2015 to 18 months later selling it for seven figures. Yeah. So we had in essence a two point whatever million seven. dollar turnaround <laughs> in an 18 month period, yeah. um, and it was in essence, you know. Ridiculous. Really, that was my. Uh, up until that point, I was, you know, I would be one of the best trainers around, um, and and I had this big business. But the business had 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 kind of grown to the point where it was because of, I guess, my my personality, my drive, and getting there. Mm-hmm. But the processes and systems to keep it there long term weren't there, um, and you know. Uh, Ironically, at the same time when all of this was happening, happening, we'd already started looking at establishing the site that you're sitting in now so in 2015. So we actually acquired the lease on this in I think um, October and November of 2015 um, when all this was happening. Mm. So obviously, you know, we went from one business that was gone from massive heights to failing to investing into the future, which was education at the time for us. Yep. Um, and basically went into 2016 with two sites and half the team, wow. right? And so it was, a, you know, 2016 was a, was a massive, massive year. Like it was literally, I, I say now to a lot of my coaching clients, like that's where I got my doctorate in uh, business, uh, fitness business, mm. you know, management, so mm. to speak, is because it was literally, I either basically go under and, and, and I guess get rid of my dream which was the business, or I keep pushing forward and find a way out of it. Yeah, um, which we did.
0: It's, it's interesting. Again, I, I've gone through something similar on a on a smaller scale recently, where when moving start yeah, moving away from the business, taking your eyes off it. Yep, not having the processes in place yep. that are needed, um, and then the people that you've hired, you are close friends with you know, in, you know, in this business. Yeah,
1: that's and that's. I wouldn't say the problem, but. Um, it's hard. It's very hard to, to, to mix business and pleasure. And, you know, obviously, um, a, a lot of the team that I had back then, you know, were, were very close. Like we would, uh, we would uh, you know, if we traveled interstate, we'd stay together. Like we had a very close-knit community. Um, so I think it's hard because inevitably, you know, for any of the gym owners out there, all of us have gone through this. I don't, like that's yeah. not sugarcoat it yeah. at all. Every single gym owner in today's industry has gone through some sort of, you didn't know what the hell you were doing with your numbers, you didn't know what the hell you were doing with your systems, you didn't know how to manage your staff, and at one point you pissed off enough of your staff for them to, to, to make some sort of exodus. Okay. Whether or not it was one of them, two of them, or in my case, 18 of them, Yes. Um, <laughs> you know? So it, it, it's, it's different for everyone, mm. and, and that's the thing. And Obviously my, my scale was very drastic, mm. but you know, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a pretty drastic kind of guy. Okay. So, But like you said, the lessons learned
0: there, um
1: invaluable now I always say it's only like I look at that period and you know kind of that business failing and, and you know in essence you know basically going under that business mm. was that it it taught me how to actually treat my business as a business and, and not just kind of an extension
0: of yourself Dane. yes you know yeah. because you need Good to point.
1: there needs to be a, a di- something like because at the end of day we, we got in the industry as trainers mm. You know, um, because we wanted to to, to to make people healthy or perform more, and obviously, like anything, the more you push the boundary, the boundaries in your in your career, the the more I guess chance for success, but then also the more chance for failure will will, will arise. So you know, it's I think all of us as as people that have owned gyms, managed gyms, and, and done all that type of stuff um, have experienced to a certain extent. It's only a mistake though if you do it more than once yeah you know so you either learn from it and and grow and evolve mm. or you don't yeah. um and you know obviously on, on my case i it was to to be honest it was the best thing that ever happened mm. for me because yeah. you know back then man like i don't even think you could fit in here my head was so big yeah you know um and i mean yeah. we haven't seen each other in years and yeah. i mean you know i'm probably i'll go out and let and read your mind but you probably think he's a bit different than back then very different yeah it's yeah.
0: Uh, it's um a pleasant, uh, I must admit, coming in here, I wasn't too... Because we haven't seen each other in a while, I didn't know what to expect from you, but um, no, you, you seem very, very relaxed and, and, and very grateful for, I guess, for, for what you've got now and, and who's around Mate, you. The, the, of... the,
1: it's the trials and tribulations of, of, I think, anybody's career. Like I said, you know, how how many trials or tribulations you have, just depend on how far you want to push the envelope. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, that's what it comes down to. So I think... Um, you know, my biggest bit of advice for, for people that are going into gyms and doing that is, you know, if I could go back to when I was there, I definitely would have hired somebody who knew what they were doing when it came to, to business. Mm. And I think you made a good point before within the fitness industry, mm. because if you compare the fitness industries to like uh, the legal trade or accounting or, you know, uh, uh, doctors, what's the big difference? The big difference is our industry, came into existence in the last 20 to 30 years not the last three to 400 years Mm. so we are a very unevolved industry in relation to other sectors of the workforce um you know and up until when we came in the industry you literally had fitness first Mm. up there and then literally you had nothing else within um by 2010 you had fitness first and anytime Mm. a few franchises Mm. 2015 you had the emerge you had a few more uh, franchises there, and then down below you had the emergence of mm. the Clean house, the mm. Clean Shreds, this mm. and that. Now the industry has gone the other way, where the big guys are literally gone, yeah, wiped out. Right. You've got a mass multitude in the middle of, mm. vir- like Virgin, yeah. Snap, all the these twenty four seven kind of. That's going to implode at some point, yeah. and then you've got the rise of the boutique operator, mm. you know, and and that's through people that. Um, it's, it's funny so many of our students like a lot of the people that I coach now are people that I, I taught 5, 10 years ago yeah. that have finally um, you know built the capital out up, built the reputation gotten the results to be able to go and do their own thing in their local community yeah. um, and, and that's where the industry is going I mean I had a, a good chat with, this, um, with Sean Krenz the, the director of the fitness expo so we've right. actually, we're actually we're doing some stuff there at Firelex this year I think, I, think I saw you were yeah doing. I'm doing some
0: pre- um, presenting this year what are you doing yeah. on uh, it's actually going to be a little bit about systems, funnily okay. enough. So, awesome. uh, yeah, um, I guess the ultimate system for success. So a yep. lot of things we're talking about today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was speaking to him about
0: it, and, and I mean, he, he agrees. It's like
1: the industry is going, in Australia at release, and even in other parts of the world to I guess, practitioners or masters of their craft mm-hmm. that want to take it to the next level so that they can kind of phase themselves out of it a bit mm-hmm. more, and still earn that kind of same
0: money while enjoying the benefits of the industry. Exactly. That's awesome. So let's uh, let's move on to where we're sitting now in this amazing space. Um, let's on our Hugh chairs. On our Hugh Hefner chairs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a cigar yeah. by the end of this. But uh, let's chat more.